Loud guitar, functioning like a horn section, though horn is playing at the same time. I love the distorted vocals. Yeah, this is kind of a jam. Shrill, siren-like thing. It's dynamic, but Kanye's is better. No one to have all that power. I like the screaming horn thing that's like a siren. Sort of sounds like a human voice. I guess I can sort of dance to this. Horn is really good even when dumb stuff is happening, like the da 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 part. Okay, getting bored. I want the horn again or the Kanye part now. Oh my god, is this still happening? Horn used to be cool, now it sounds like a dead cat or an owl. An owl that is either dead or alive. Oh my god, that fucking da 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 thing is happening again. And I don't need no hook for this shit. When Jay-Z says this, he's doing a King Crimson impression. I guess the da 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 thing is supposed to be the hook, but they literally could not have picked a lamer part of the song to be the instrumental hook. I like the big bombastic thing leading up to the siren thing again. I still like the vocals. Okay, now I hear the jazz and how swingy the instrumental version of the vocal melody is. Okay, there's a jazz ending. Wait, no, there's more. I like noise rock, but make a choice. Ooh, this is pretty. A little bit gay. Or just English? Okay, the 70s keyboard is sort of childish. Is this a song for babies? Maybe it's a song for gay babies. Or English babies. These lyrics are asinine. Okay, the little instrumental hook is pretty. Oh shit, it's getting louder. Something is happening! Wait, no it's not. Ooh, this is good, it's kind of like a darker sound. You can sort of dance to this? It's hard to predict when to stop and start, though. I feel like this is a song to play when you're riding a really unruly pony, but you're still having fun. <laughs> like the darker parts a lot and the weird fake choral parts that precede Peter Gabriel's vocal re-entrance. Gabriel can sing about four notes, but still has a good voice. Keyboard parts are sometimes awesome and sometimes cheesy as fuck. This is such a fine line in prog rock. I keep writing prof rock instead of prog rock, but I guess it doesn't matter, it's the same. The jazz piano parts, I guess, sound like Count Von Count. Not even Dracula. Count Von Count. Okay, this is a pretty section. It sounds like a madrigal or Shakespeare spooky music. Okay, when it starts, it's sort of spare. It's like Jerry Douglas. Oh, now it's pretty space music, like Eno. The pony returns in a better mood. Ooh, build it, build it. This is kind of a jam. Dynamic and fun to listen to, even sans a hook. Though I prefer the soft and pretty parts. Ooh, I like the spooky part, it came back. Okay, back to space music, liking the space music. Could do without this fucking drum during the space music. Shut up, drum. We don't need drums in space. I could actually do without most of the instrumentation during the space part. The guitar is occasionally cool, but it needs more space sounds. Okay, this guy is super good at playing the guitar. But now it's dumb again, the electric guitar guy! Sometimes the best, sometimes the worst. Oh my god, the fucking drums need to chill out. Okay, the minor key part of guitar with drums is cool now. Oh no, it's getting faster and more dumber again. Oh my god, it didn't even end with space! Okay, this song is starting off with a sort of fluty bang, but it sounds like a Burt Bacharach song, or a song you hear at an amusement park. What's it all about, Alfie? What's it all about, woodblock? What's it all about, jazz flute? Oh my god, there's a fade-out ending? Oh wait, no, now we're back to the pretty space music. I love the pretty space music. 
Okay, here's the guitar. Please, God, don't let this guitar get out of hand. Oh my God, it got out of hand. Vocals are kind of nice, I think. I legitimately don't know if I like these vocals. The vocals sound the same as the vocals that are on Dark Side of the Moon. The spooky, dark guitar part is spooky and good. I wish the vocal melody was a little bit more dynamic. There are these pretty confluences on occasion, almost by accident. Okay, this is fucking dumb. This is still fucking dumb. Ooh, but there's space again, nice! Yes, the high-pitched spooky sound! I need some theremin in here and we got a stew going. The spacey part should be the whole song. I love the squeaky siren sound. And the pretty sustained sounds of noise. Noise like light. Oh shit, the drum is getting louder. The synth is speeding up. Please don't turn into a jam session. Please, please, no jam, no jam. I'll do anything for no jam. The radar, sir. It appears to be... Jammed! Jammed. Raspberry. Yeah, it's happening. It's getting epic. Fuck. There are like five more fucking minutes of this song. Oh, hello, Roger Waters. It's been a while. Back to space part, thank God. But a 70s kind of space. I wonder if it's always the 70s in space. Hey, Bowen. Do you have one really funky sequence spacesuit? Or do you have several ch-changes? I love this feedback sound, though, with the high squeaks. A theremin always sounds like a dad doing an impression of a ghost for a baby. Okay, now there's this weird juxtaposition in the beginning of this song. Oh god, this one is 11 minutes long. This fellow, I assume it's a fellow because I am a misogynist, is also quite talented at the guitar. Man, they're getting right to the epic sound right away, aren't they? Andre thinks this is pretty. Andre is wrong. I guess it's pretty if you're into ugly things. I guess it's pretty if pretty means stupid and dumb. I feel like all these songs all fall apart at similar parts when they start to get faster. Faster always means more epic. I'm gonna have to listen to There She Goes But The Laws like 10,000 times after this to wash it out of my ears. Oh, but this part's nice. It's always nice when it's simple. Oh, here's another falsettoed Englishman. Even the keyboard sounds flat. There is more than six minutes left of this song. I'm running out of steam. I'm running out of dreams. Dreams of the heart of the sunrise. This dude keeps mentioning they, getting lost in their eyes. At least Peter Gabriel always knows whose eyes he's looking into. I keep half expecting an accordion to start right now. I don't even know why. <laughs> this guy kind of sounds like a more annoying Adam Levine with a worse range. Oh my god, they do a fake-out ending. Then it goes to something kind of good? This weird choral thing with drums is better than the fucking song! Oh my god, and then it fades out after like 10 seconds. Fuck yes, fuck this band. Ooh, this is nice. This is, a, this is pretty. Ralph Waldo Emerson, Lake Bell, and Laura Palmer. Emerson College, Luke Longley, David Chalmers. I'm into the robot sounds. Oh my god, these lyrics are amazing. I almost don't hate it. Oh my god. Circus music. You keep telling me the show is about to start and that it's dynamo and rock and roll, so then what is it I'm listening to now, though? I know what to expect. But what about the now? Maybe, but now? <laughs> what do you mean? You designed it. I never look back, darling. It distracts from the now. All these songs are starting to run together now. Yeah, I definitely cannot dance to this. This just sounded like Newsies. And the world will go 
The prog rock is boring. Oh my god, this fucking circus riff. Andre just said this sounds like the Beatles, and he is right. There's a triple ending. Come and see the show. I expect a line dance right now. See the show. No, sir, I will not attend this show. All right, thank you for joining us, listeners. Welcome to another episode of Noisy Ghost. This uh, episode is about prog rock, and we are joined by prog rock enthusiast, special ghost, Shane McGill. Hello, Hello. Shane. Happy to have you here, and I'm here again with my co-hosts, Andre Kello and Eric Wenzel. I can't talk yet. I'm still listening to Echoes. (laughs) Oh my god, it doesn't end. Okay, so the way this whole episode came into being is because, well, I knew I wanted to do a prog rock episode because I, like, don't, one, I don't really know anything about prog rock, and two, I don't like it, which is, like, not an okay opinion to have if you, like, don't know anything about something. So I know that Shane really likes prog rock, so he recommended some tunes to listen to. Is that word tune like lightly, and we listened to them, and some of them I actually I did really enjoy, and I'm glad that I listened to them. And we're going to discuss how we feel about prog rock and how we should feel about prog rock and all that sort of thing. So, what made you pick these particular songs, Shane? We should list the songs. Uh-oh. Well, I got into a lot of music from uh, the '70s, the '60s and '70s um, when I was like uh, 16, 17 years old. Like when I first really getting into music, and uh, it was, uh, I don't know, those are like my favorite songs from that period, like of listening, the ones that I listened to. Those are some of my favorites. Does it appeal to you, like as a guitar oh. player, like primarily, yeah, or yeah? There's a lot of great uh, guitar playing in there, and uh, I, I like the more complicated stuff. I think more when I was younger. Yeah. What What changed? Like now, I, I don't know. Just like the. The general desire that people have, like have a, a song that's kind of, you can grasp all of it and it's like over in like four minutes maybe. Yeah. You no, know, it's just, it ties it together and it makes it more of a cohesive thing. The uh, Jethro Tull song that you recommended, The uh, Living in the Past, that song's only uh, three and a half minutes long. Yeah, that one I think is, um, you know, it's, Jethro Tull's kind of, they're, they're not as out there as uh, Yes and Emerson, Lake and Palmer and... They would make songs that, um, they had some of the longer type songs, but uh, then they also had radio-friendly things. Before but that one has the 5-8, the um, or no, the 5-4 uh, time. That's right. Like that. Yeah, cause it, could, before we, we uh, dive into it, could you just give explain a little bit what prog rock was? Because honestly, when I was a kid, I thought it was like the Czech equivalent of kraut rock. Like I thought it was like from Prague or something. <laughs> Because um, I had friends that were into some of these bands, but they like never used that term. And then, so all the little towns in in Central Europe have yeah. their own rock and roll music. So there's like Pills Rock and yeah, there's Varsava Pro- rock. rock. Yeah, but do, when you think of like a movement of rock that comes from Prague, that sounds pretty enticing. All right, so Shane, yeah, tell us what is what is Prague? So it's not from rock. Prague. Well, the the lines can be blurred. You know, you can make an argument that some things. Um, are prog rock when you know, like some of the Beatles stuff could be considered prog rock or, or Queen. Oh but, yeah, yeah. I was thinking or about Led Queen Zeppelin. a lot when I was listening. Led to Zeppelin, this. yeah. But it's, it's but, short for progressive rock, right? Right, right. Does that does that mean like, uh, like the way the music progresses or the chord progressions or something? 
No. no, I think it's just it's supposed to be intellectual. I think that's like the main thing about it. It's it's supposed to be like smart people music. Well, it's supposed to build. It always builds, right? Like it's sort of like right. music in the epic mode. So this is Hegelian positivist. Rock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure. I mean, I don't know. I don't think Rush would necessarily describe themselves as Hegelian positivists, despite their music being prog rock. Of course they would. would you don't they? think that? Uh, I mean, if they're so into. Uh, Ayn Rand, then you know. Oh, are they really into Ayn Rand? Oh yeah, yeah they're super like duper yeah, the drummer, especially here with those lyrics. It's yeah. it's weird. Which was like, I have all the drums. <laughs> I self-actualized these this drum kit. I actually think I might have enjoyed the Rush the most out of the songs that you presented me with. I think oh, that was an Andre pick. Oh oh, Char- it was. Oh, was, yeah, we should oh, list right, what we No, actually, to. Shane picked the song. Oh, right. But uh, I said, uh, hey, let's let's get some Rush in there. Uh, why don't we play a little bit of uh, La Villa Strangiato uh, <laughs> Rush. from the, the album Hemispheres by Rush. All right? All right. From the album Premium Rush, the soundtrack <laughs> to the film. <laughs> Spanish or something happening. Oh yeah. See, that's so pretty. Suddenly, like at the end of a John Hughes movie. Which we we just watched. Oh yeah. Now, obviously, we won't be able to listen to the whole song of any of these songs because they're all about ten minutes long. (laughs) Except for the Jethro Tull. Yeah. Oh, there we go. All right. Oh my God! Yes, that was the fir- that was the first minute of the song, and nothing happened. Are you kidding? At the end, I was. What are you talking about? I thought that was super. Pr- losing what do you say? Nothing shit. happened. Was that it's, any- it's pretty, but uh, we haven't even gotten close to starting the melody yet. We okay. haven't even gotten oh close God. to the. We're a minute into the song. I think, but the best parts of it, in my opinion, of the prog rock stuff, is like when they're not doing the melody because the melody is where they build in the riffs and the sort of solos, which is like the point of prog rock. And I'm just like in it for the space music. Uh, but that's uh, the. I mean, that's yeah, that's weird that you don't like the riffs. I I mean I admire them as like moments of virtuosity. Like I I you know noted many like stuff that was like wow this guy's really fucking good at playing playing a guitar. And mm-hmm. also I think I think it's weird that you picked the Rush song that. Doesn't have Getty Lee singing in it because I I actually think that was Getty <laughs> really I think Getty Lee has a great voice really I do I really like Getty Lee's voice but I really like that I like that song you picked too like I, I think maybe, maybe I like Rush I don't know oh, this might geez. be a thing about me that I'm learning <laughs> I mean I don't really because I there I can listen to like the first minute and then I'm just like oh, all right all right is there anybody in the band Rush that's like got a full head of red hair named Rusty. And a beard, because that's like whenever I hear Rush, that's who I imagine. Really? Is either in the band or listening to I it. I imagine like, like a like a dude standing out on like a heath, and like a storm's a brewing, and he's like thinking about his life, and then it's just like. Nah, but there isn't like a golden nah. sunset. So he's no. st- he's standing Storm. in rushes. Y- like yeah, I, I guess yeah, sort of like I oh god, you know that painting of the guy standing on a hill and he's like looking out. I don't know. The um, N.C. Wyeth painting. Yeah, like that's what I imagine Rush to be is like that 
like guy standing on the I hill. I got there before Eric did because I'm like, what? Uh, you know, I mean, I, a guy standing on a hill is probably a description yeah. of like a multiple painting. So, but that's yeah, that's I imagine Rush. You're not talking about Tina's world where it's a girl sitting in. The, that's Andrew the Wyeth. Yeah, not not NC Wyeth. North Carolina Wyeth. That's right. Go yep. cats. All right. Rush, um, Eller, you know that Rush is Canadian, right? Yes. I do know that they are Canadian. They're one of part? the few North American bands, or the only one, I think, that we're listening to. Oh, is that true? Really? Oh, I guess there, yeah, because there were a lot of full set of Englishmen. Yeah. Why well, suggested Edgar Winter Group? I don't know. I think he's from, like, oh, the he's, North country. He's yeah, all he's, white. He's an albino. Yeah, he is. Uh, and his last name's Winter. I think awesome? well, not only did many of these bands get their start in uh, the UK or in, uh, uh, I guess, apart from Russia, they were all UK bands, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. But um, but a lot of them also got their start in art school. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the epic mode, the, like, total art thing. The, like, the Gesamtkunstwerk? Yeah, th- yeah, the total art thing. Thank you, Eric. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly what I meant. Did you say that again? <laughs> Gesamtkunstwerk? It Gesamtkunstwerk, it, it literally translates to a total work of art. Yeah, it's like a German modernist thing where they're just yeah. like, like art should be the everything. It should touch everything. Like you should be like Wagner, right? Like yeah. he's like, it's the it's it's light and sound and uh, vision and, you know, tactile. It's everything. Yeah, but which li- translates into a double album where you designed the artwork for it. Yeah. The artwork on the albums is really, Awful. really intricate. Wait, what's the one with <laughs> they're, they're, what's the one with Geiger? Oh, the that's br- Emerson Lake and Palmer brain salad surgery. surgery yeah. oh, I like which that one. I love. Okay, so I like Geiger a lot. I think first of all, it's Geiger. He okay, is a well, Swiss. Swissman. I'm gonna call you Caddy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, it's I'm just whatever. Okay. I thought that was part of the thing we do. Like <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> That that to me is like one of the highlights in my like being let down by rock music other people think I should like. Like oh, how Kiss, oh, oh, Kiss seems like the... so badass and they're like, I want to rock and roll. Like they seem like they should be singing about Satan and blood and stuff. Oh, and they... then they're like the ultimate capitalist. I love that about Gene Simmons that he's just like the fucking. But they don't, they're not even badass. Yeah, but they're not even badasses. <laughs> like it doesn't even matter with commercialism. It's just like you're not even singing about. Like, you'd be so much better if you really did stand for kids in Satan's service. So it's the same thing with brain solid surgery where you're like, holy shit, this is going to be the darkest, most evil album. It's so gross. It and then they're me. like, yeah. let it do, let it boo. Let dig a do. How about we play a little bit of that one? Okay. All right. Which, so this is uh, the, it has a really complicated name. Uh it has it's like a part of a part of a song. It's right? Carnival yeah, Nine. Carnival Nine. It's it takes up like the whole album. There's three impressions. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. The first impression. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Whoa. See, that's like all digital and shit. Which again, it sounds Carnival Nine second impression part one or something like that. That sounds like it's gonna be fucking. Dark. Oh, I get it. Carn evil. It's like a like carnival. carnival. Oh, oh Jesus! Man. I just got that. I think I I just got that when you said it to me. <laughs> oh man, that's so awful. Because the cover of the album is it's 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 a very beautiful album artwork. I think probably the best album artwork in rock history. To be honest, it has it's the the whole Giger gatefold and everything, and it's uh, 
skull with a small hole in it and you see a beautiful woman's face and if you look carefully you see the slight cloud of a penis because actually there was a penis in there and it had to be airbrushed out oh my god and uh it's got die cut and everything so it folds open like this book and it's amazing and then this and then you, and it's all like biomechanical and and sexual and dark and gross and and doomy and gloomy and so get that picture in your head and then now let me take you on a journey to elp all right one second <laughs> this is good what the fuck is this Sounds like the he's dynamo. a like a you know an old timey uh, like freak show or something, you know, like coaxing people to come in. I guess is the idea, well, a, but it's not really. It's supposed to be. I agree with Eric. Like it's supposed to be this scary thing, and it just sounds like he's like move along, move along. Like it just doesn't. It's like a, it's a, it's basically a seventies update of being like for the benefit of Mister Kite. This was what I was telling Eleanor about. This is why in the monologue she mentions that, uh, oh, yeah, Andre says this sounds like the Beatles. Yeah, because it It does. It totally does. Yeah. Yeah. There were a few different uh, musicians in the 70s that were trying to, I think, recapture some of the, what Shane was saying, like how some of the Beatles stuff sounds like prog rock. And part (laughs) of that is because some of the prog rock musicians in the 70s are trying to sound like the Beatles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like when in... um, uh, What's the guy, uh, Mr. Blue Sky? Yellow, uh, yellow, uh, um, blah, 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 Jeff Lynn. Uh, Jeff Lynn. Right, Jeff Lynn, yeah. I, oh, there's a new cat. Him and, and David Bowie, too. You know, he even got in on this stuff sometimes about, uh, you know, taking their favorite uh, Beatles sound and then doing an album of just that sound. Yeah, which is a cool impulse. You know what I'm reminded of now that you mentioned the Beatles? Is there was this band I used to really, really like when I was in high school called the Mars Volta. Do you remember them? Oh, yeah. And they were very prog rocky, except, and like, especially in the like the later albums. Like, I remember I was really into the first one, like, De Last in the Comatorium, and then they did Francis the Mute, which I still liked. And then they, I sort of stopped listening because it, like, became so much, because they kind of went the sort of fish route where they just, like, got, re- as a, f- like, their fan base grew to, like, really just like them as, like, a sort of personality and, like, you know, and less, it was, it stopped being less about the total sound thing and to me and more about, like, uh, you know, just, they would, their fans would just listen to them because they were just, like, su- they were just loyalists, you know, and I was, and so that it seemed to me like they just got really narcissistic and, like, self-involved, so I stopped listening. But Rock I used stars. to, but I loved d in the Comatorium because I think, like, I'm bringing this up because of this like post Beatles post rock thing that's still very influenced in this prog like psychedelic thing. And, but it was still like with a strong pop sensibility. And I think it's like this sort of perfect marriage of like pop music. Why are you smiling at me? We have to be careful when we're talking about this stuff because you can start to sink into the mire of Patrick Bateman describing what he likes about. (laughs) Oh my God, you're right. About Uh, Phil Collins. Shut up. Yeah. It's so, no, don't shut up. I'm sorry. I said that. It's true. (laughs) Yeah. Is that, like in, Who's Pat? like you know the Whitney the Houston guy from chapter. Arrested Development. In Psycho. Oh, <laughs> in Psycho. American Psycho. American oh, Psycho. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's like a whole chapter about Whitney Houston, right. like Huey Lewis in the news, 
Yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard it read by Stoya while she was getting dildoed. I know, you told me about that. You brought that, that series up, though. Wait. I, in that conversation. Was that not Nina? That was Nina. And also, oh. she's not here. So this oh. is weird that Somebody you bring brought this up. It up. <laughs> um, Incidentally, though, Pat Bateman um, makes a comment about not liking Genesis uh, early music because it's too uh, artsy for him. He right. doesn't get it. Right. Because Peter Gabriel Genesis left the band. Come around and release Duke. Have you guys listened to the Phil Collins soundtrack for Tarzan? Because I recommend it. I'm just saying. That's a good fucking soundtrack. Yeah, <laughs> it's I, okay. Don't do Is that the one with Circle of Life on it? No. No, that's Lion King. Why are you saying such offensive things? Uh, so <laughs> here is a little bit of the Genesis that Patrick Bateman doesn't like. Right. Can you tell me where my country lies? Said the uniform to his true love's eyes. The uniform. It lies with me, cried the queen of maybe. For her merchandise, he traded in his prize. Oh, I love that riff, though, because it's like an imperfect really nice. riff. The it's like it almost sounds like a uh, an intentional like a sample that's like out of sync or something. I really like it. Yeah, it's I like, like it. ki- it's not quite a perfect riff. Like there's like it's missing a note at the end or something. And it's really nice. Is this it the is. is this the Gaby song you were talking about? Oh, uh, what the was the Gaby song? Uh, I think it might have been. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I was talking about Peter Gabriel. Oh, yeah. Because I thought at first instead of uniform, he was saying unicorn, and I was just like, "All right, all right, getting this and this started off right." No, there's got to be so, some prog rock songs that are about unicorns. I mean, Led yeah. Zeppelin is like it would, you know, write songs about like Lord of the Rings. Ugh. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, those me. songs are like fanfic. Yeah. By Led Zeppelin. <laughs> fanfic. Yeah. They are, yeah. They're like, and then Harry Potter walked up the dark way. Wait, what? Go. No, a uh, hundred years from now, some art school band is gonna write some really dark well, already, shit about Harry Potter. Well, there's already like um the like Harry and the Potters. Like, there's already like a genre of music that's just like Harry Potter fan bands that like I think still clean up some. But yeah, I'm excited for the post for for the apocalypse to happen so we can hear the like dark Harry Potter songs in art school. That'd be awesome. It was sort of weird that in. Hogwarts, they're never like sitting around listening to records. What or are you anything? talking about? The Weird Sisters were like, I guess you're, they don't really listen to records, but like you're right. They're the There's, best they, band. They is have the paintings Weird Sisters. that talk, but they don't have the capacity to listen to recorded music. There's so much youth <laughs> culture aspect to that stuff that never happens. You know, it's like they don't. They it's supposed to take place in the 90s, right? But it seems like it's taking place in the 1890s. Yeah, well, I, that's the part of the appeal of it, right? Like. Because it's a very, it's a very. Uh, what if it was the ro- acep- wait antiseptic youth? What is the what is the romance of the past, but like with the conveniences of modern technology? Like that's the fantasy, right? But they're never consuming culture. They don't. They read textbooks, but they don't go to see movies. They don't watch television. And Harry was raised in a family that craves that stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. They don't even eat pizza, do they? They eat some sort of like they eat like golem vomit or something. <laughs> they never are just like hanging out in the woods behind the school smoking weed. Like, how can do you, you imagine the drugs wizards would get their hands on when they're teenagers? <laughs> Holy shit! How do you have like two hundred sixteen-year-olds in an old castle and not one of them has weed? They're like literally in a prog. They're like in a King Crimson album. I bet Seamus Finnegan. 
had the was weed. That? I bet Seamus Finnegan brought in no, the weed. Not, not you, Shane. No, oh. sorry. <laughs> if Shane were a wizard, he would smoke weed. <laughs> but only if he were a wizard. Anyway, let's talk about Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. <laughs> I loved... Okay, so the lyrics to that song, he rhymes dynamo with like... Come on, let's go. Come on, let's go. <laughs> show. <laughs> show. show. Yeah. Oh, my God. But as a musician... Those, those lyrics were written by... Um... Somebody outside of the band, this oh. guy, Pete Sinfield, who like wrote lyrics for King Crimson as well. He was just like in that. His last that name was scene. Sinfield? Sinfield, yeah, Sinfield. Oh. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so they really, you know, these lyrics should be really good since it's like a guy who's not even in the band who contributed them. Mm. Are any of their songs evil? Because um, I don't really. I don't I, know. They always. They just have long keyboard solos. There's lots of keyboard. I like keyboards. Oh yeah, that was the note. I, the thing I said in the monologue about how even the keyboard sounds flat. Like there's yeah. something about the this like weird flat noise that happens because of the din of the carnival sounds mm. to me. Mm. Yeah. But they'd have long. So they were known for their keyboard solos, not their like awesome guitar riffs. Right. The, well, there were three piece. Uh, one guy played bass and sang. That's Lake. Mm-hmm. Um, like oh no, he's uh, an Emerson's keyboard player and Palmer's the drummer. Okay, but the keyboard player is, um, you know, kind of like the star of the band. He's the drummer was really good though. The drummer's amazing. I've I've seen them live. I saw them like three times back in the Whoa. late nineties. <laughs> What's their stage show like? You you, you got to come and see the show. Pretty much, <laughs> <laughs> we got thrills and shocks, supersonic <laughs> fighting cocks. <laughs> That does no, sound pretty the, good. the keyboard player is pretty entertaining. Uh, he does this thing where he like he jumps on, uh, he gets like a Hammond organ out for some long solo, and he he stands on top of it and plays the keys backwards, you know, like oh, facing wow. the other direction, Whoa. and he plays like some Bach, and then he stabs the Hammond organ with knives. Wow. Yeah, it's they're they're fun, but um, they, a lot of it. Were they really yeah, old when you saw them? Boring. What was that? Were they really old when you saw them? Like, was that weird? Yeah, they, were, they were old. I mean, they were in their 50s, I'd say, at the time. Okay. Yeah. A lot of these bands are still touring, aren't they? Rush Is Rush still touring? We should go see Rush, Andre. They are, because <laughs> I just read something about that. Man. Yeah, I think the headline was Rush still on tour. Can't get home. And uh, Pink, uh, Pink Floyd got back together. What? Like, all the way back together? Or like, are they still keeping Roger Waters out of it? No, no, I think he's involved with the band again. What was wow. the conflict with Roger's with Roger Waters? Oh, uh, maybe Shane has more information about exactly uh, what what soured between David Gilmore and Roger Waters in the band uh, Pink Floyd. And then also the I Genesis. I don't know what it particularly was, but uh, the album after the Wall is uh, the like, fi- the final cut. The final cut. It's like it's more like dead father war, depressing shit of Roger Waters, and I think. Uh, David Gilmore felt like his contributions weren't, um, like he didn't have many contributions. David Gilmore is the, okay, so Roger Waters is the singer. Well, they they split vocals. They okay. take turns. And even the keyboard player sometimes sings, uh, Richard Wright. Yeah, I was kind of hoping you would have had something from uh, Uma Guma. <laughs> What's Uma Guma? It's their quadruple album. This well, band it's, is, it's not okay to have a quadruple album called Uma Guma. Like, how is this allowed? <laughs> no, well, I think each person got a side of the disc of the oh. vinyl. Wait, why does that make it better? It's just cool because they have a song called Set the Controls for the Heart of the Sun. Okay, that it's is, like that's a really cool name. it's like flying into the sun. That's a cool name. And, uh, and I, was, I was just, 
that seems like to me their proggiest album because it's all experiments that mm-hmm. each member did and then i was thinking of it with the other song about the sun that we listened to and i was like oh the, the controls for the heart what the was sun. the song we listened to with the sun we listened to yes. echoes this oh, is the right. the pink floyd no song. no, no, no but, but the, yes song the was yes about song we listened the, about the sun and they're like, like the heart of the yeah. sunrise heart of the sunrise yeah so that's what it made me think of set the controls for the heart of the sun that song was a little bit intolerable i feel like i don't know i'm not was a yes that fan. were you into it because at one point you were like fuck yes Oh, no, I said, oh, I meant that was like, fuck yes. Oh. Like, <laughs> it's difficult. You're like, I'm rocking out. Fuck yes. <laughs> no, no, no. It was like, fuck yes. Fuck. Fuck yes. Didn't how, I... how am I not myself? Yeah, there's no way to say fuck yes and not be positive. <laughs> I know. It's like, this is the trap that they set for you. This is their fault. Now, wait a second. I think... Uh... We should give Shane the opportunity to defend some of this I'm music I'm sorry, here. Shane. Okay, yes, please. Like, what is your... Okay, so like... You like it because it's complicated. Like, you liked it when you were younger because it's complicated, right? It's like something to like the, the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. What brings you back now, though? Well, I think uh, a lot of that stuff, it's just I liked it so much then that I'm always going to like it at yeah. some point. I but I, I think I'm kind of like I've res- listened to all the prog rock that I want to at this point. Like Mars Volta, I can't stand. Really? Like, people tell me how the great they are. I think it's awful. Yeah. But I don't know if there's really anything that makes them like worse than – some of the bands I do like. Yeah. But I don't know. Some of them I think are really good um, pieces of music. Like I really do like, of all the ones that I think we're listening to, I think like 21st Century Schizoid Man, mm-hmm. yeah. I like the most because it's just very raw first section. And I really like Yeah, the, the, I like the first section too. Uh, why don't we listen to a little bit of 21st Century Schizoid Man? Incidentally, this is the same vocalist uh, as uh, Emerson Lake and Palmer. Yeah. This guy was with King Crimson. He left uh, Greg Lake and he... Another slow intro. It's like an elevator sound or something. Yeah. I like it. It's like a soundscape. <laughs> oh yeah. It's all about textures. Yeah. It is. It is nicer to listen to this stuff with the headphones on. Totally. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. This is a jam. Yeah, that song, yeah, I should have listened to all these songs with headphones on, I think. Although it might have been more intolerable at some points. But I really, yeah, that the beginning of that song is very, very strong. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. rock right there. That is like, uh, not the essence of rock, but like what's... <laughs> What's the thing, like the opposite, the like instead of, of like distilling rock, yeah, yeah, exactly, it's like what's the opposite of like distilling something down, it's like you've got a full buffet of rock, like you're at the, <laughs> you're at the old country buffet of rock, yeah, and it's just like, duh, like every one of those dishes is just, yeah, duh, 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 and you're yeah. just eating it up, yeah, like bacon and eggs, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. and then, but then yes is like, I don't know, like a badly made crepe. You know, it's just like, it's like they're, you want it to be good. And then it's just the like, dessert, what? how did the they fuck this float? up? <laughs> yeah. That's my opinion. <laughs> but you, okay, I'm sorry. We keep interrupting you and you're like, to defend sorry. yourself. Can you tell me more? Like, so you, but do you think that that song is uh, indicative of the rest of King Crimson's work? Like, no, not like at all. They're like, no, um, it's not even indicative of the rest of that album. The rest of the album's really laid back. There's a lot of Mellotron. Mm. It's their first album, which is probably the most um, appealing to people. Like, like the 
least harsh. Oh, it sounds well, like you on. got sucked into a prog rock because, album for a second uh, there. They, they changed lineups a lot. And, okay. Yeah. Like the stuff. Oh, jeez. Does it sound better now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Does, I don't yeah. know what happened. Okay. Um, what, did I, what was I saying? Oh, uh, Eleanor was wondering what Mellotron is. Oh, Mellotron, it's um, like the beginning of um, uh, Strawberry Fields is a Mellotron. You know that little uh, it's like a, it's a keyboard, okay. and it samples um, sounds of other instruments. That's cool. So you press a key, and it sounds like a flute or. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! Like when you play. It's like an old strength. I know exactly what, what you're talking about. Okay, because I the... think I had like a Barbie version yeah. of that when I was a kid, where you could make it sound like a, like a like a um, like a drum, or you could make it sound you flick the thing, but it's obviously more advanced. That's cool. You know, uh, like Playground Love. That's a Mellotron. Yeah, or a lot of, oh, a lot of yeah. Siamese Dream by the Smashing Pumpkins, they use a lot of Mellotron on that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, Playground really. Love makes sense, yeah. Or yeah. more uh, Melancholy, right? I don't yeah. Know mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking, that's, listen to these songs, I was also thinking of, like, how I wasn't really into these bands, but then the bands I was into were, like, totally just, like, making their, Versions their sort of, of their, ver- yeah, like, yeah. they're, like, especially the Smashing Pumpkins, they're total, like, uh, anachronism or something like a throwback to prog rock. You know, I was thinking about this idea of virtuosity. Hello? Yeah. Okay. I was thinking about this idea of virtuosity in prog rock Mm -hmm. and how, um, you know, it's, that's sort of, it's, it's sort of unfair to pick on prog rock in the, in the sense that they're like all about, um, you know, just showing off how awesome they are guitar or whatever, because like, that's true for like, everyone and i was thinking about like pop singers or like like the idea of like the vocal olympics or like, kanye or we kanye. brought him up in the monologue it's so true I was wondering what it's the... true oh yeah oh no because he samples um 21st century schizoid man in the oh. song power that's why but um like 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 you know when you go to a baseball game and there's like a pop singer or whatever singing you know the land of the free or whatever you know that they do and it's like everyone's just trying to sh- you know it's like that's a and that's a pop song. Like they're doing pop. That's a pop format, a pop style that's still just as much about virtuosity as like Getty Lee or any of these dudes. Um, it's just one is particularly lauded. I see. I feel like prog rock has it's more like social acceptability in sense or like coolness rhetoric around it than you know. Well, punk rock in the late seventies is yeah. is anti virtuosity. Yeah. Sure. Uh, and a lot of other um, styles of music at the time as well. But they're, they're punks showing off their own stuff. Yeah, they're showing off like... They're showing off like what badasses they are and how angsty they are and stuff and how... Yeah, it's all about proving something. Yeah. Whatever that, some, that something changes. And not everybody can make that music, but you can still make great music. I mean, if yeah. you can't yeah. sound like yes, doesn't mean that you shouldn't um, pursue music. Right, right. So bringing it back to the people. I guess I feel like listening to it, though, I don't... I mean, I guess maybe later after a while it's show offy, but a lot of times I just felt like they're like they're doing what they love. Yeah, you know, yeah. like so I didn't feel as much. It's not as infuriating if they're doing it because they genuinely love it, not because they're like yeah. trying to make money off you or. Whatever. When I feel I mean, like that's why they that have too. such loyal fan base too, because they like attract people that like it. You know what I mean? Like they're like we're we are gonna jam out, and we'd love to share it with you, but. You know, like, yeah, come along to the show. But like, if not, that's fine you too, have- or something. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you can come or not. You know? Yeah. 
Like we're gonna be jamming over here. We're gonna be laying down some smooth riffs. We like getting some beats going. Like, love yeah. to have you. I don't think you have to be either a virtuoso or even a musician of any kind in order to enjoy prog rock. Right. If what you enjoy from it is just that it's got a lot going on, it's and, complicated and, and they yeah. and they're good at it. Yeah, if you enjoy sonic textures and journeys and stuff like that, head trips. But I mean, there's like this element of prog rock that I think that is most grating to me is this like sort of too muchedness, like this, mm -hmm. like like you know I get so into this space music thing because I love Brian Eno and I love uh, I'm I'm very sensitive to desire to just like want to push something to the limit to see how far you can take it. But there's like like way setting your controls for the heart of the sun. Yeah, exactly. How far can yeah? And I think. And I think that's a lot of what the mission statement or whatever is for a lot of these prog rock bands. But to me, there's just like, it's the too much it is. It like becomes almost abject to me in this like way. It's like, oh God, that was so beautiful. And then you just like played it a little bit too long. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. and, and it's the same is true for like virtuosic, like opera performances. Like mm -hmm. there's, you know, like Kathleen Battle is notorious for this as an opera singer where she'll sing and she'll just take it a little bit too long. And like the orchestra has stopped, like has stopped playing or she'll like mess up the orchestra because she like takes it too far. And like... It's it's like oh god that's just like why did you take it that far like you're not supposed to do that and you give prog rock musicians for being indulgent but I, I mean will a prog rock band go up on stage and do a five hour show and then have a completely different five hour show the next two nights the way that an opera company will put on uh, you know the the ring cycle I the the opera is like more Wait, prog that rock than prog rock it's true it's true yeah, absolutely yeah <laughs> it's the rock yeah I think yeah it's like rock is. Prog rock is pop culture taking things that are operatic and symphonic and, and making it into and making it cerebral. Well, often, yeah. often well, they're explicitly bringing it to the, they're, because they're updating it. There were so many bands it's that were updating. they were doing prog rock operas, right? Like The Wall, like Tommy. But it, Yo, the, yeah, Tommy the is so Tommy is so good. As as ambitious as something like The Wall or Quadrophenia is, they're not nearly as ambitious as even like a non-ambitious opera it's is. It's true, mm -hmm. and it, but I think the thing that or even like musical theater. I care more. To me, it's also it's just true. a values thing, and this is nothing that this is just how I am and that's fine and this you know uh is I'm less interested in music being exclusively or like even primarily cerebral like it's like music to me shouldn't be a puzzle that you have to figure out like pu that's what puzzles are for you know and I think that <laughs> I think that it's I mean I think that there's something to be said for a, a piece of music being complicated and rewarding and you mm -hmm. learn more about it every time you listen to it but it shouldn't be complicated for just for the sake of being complicated you know and uh, opera is necessarily about, I mean, there's like a sort of pop sensibility in like the way that Mozart was, where it's about, you know, pleasure. It's about sound. It's about something, making a beautiful sound. Mm -hmm. And I'm sh and some prog rock is also interested in making a beautiful sound, but not, not all of it. I think that the music that we listened to was actually really pretty all the way through. I just didn't hear that. I don't know. I, I felt like some of it was really pretty. And then it was just like, oh, God, is he going to do that thing on the guitar again? Like, uh, yeah. Well, I think that's it's... Thing... Oh, sorry. No, you should go. Um, well, that's the thing that I can... That, that will bother me is like I hear a song and there's sections that I really like. And then there's another section that just sounds so stupid. Exactly. That was my exact experience. Yeah. They have like so many sections. Like most songs have two or three parts. Like a pop song that you'd hear right some of these but tracks like are the entire side of an lp yeah yeah like echoes I, oh or yeah why don't we listen to a little bit of echoes 
goes on for a while like this. It does. Sonar. It, it's a very I'm slow I'm sensing build. a theme in yeah. this sort of music. It goes on for a while like this. <laughs> we can't detect That's them. They're great. using the silent propulsion system. <laughs> this track, for example, uh, Echoes, is 23 minutes, 28 seconds long. Love it. And it has a lot of different parts, like you were saying. You know, there are parts where... There's uh, vocals that are m- melodic, and there are parts that are, like Eleanor would describe as, uh, creepy space music, and and there are also big instrumental uh, sections with that are sort of virtuosic. And uh, I think in other uh, genres, you end up, uh, when somebody wants to do two different things, they do two different songs. Mm-hmm. Right, right. But in prog rock, they're like, uh, I'm going to take you on a, a trip through the depths of the human mind. You know? Across time and space. Or the land of... That's that, that's a minute honey. and a half of that song. And that was just like a, a few bleeps and bloops and, and the very beginning of really one instrument started. coming in. Oh, yeah, but that's good, too. There were... Um, do you guys remember... Do you guys know the band Japan? Yeah. No. Okay. Um... Japan, they were like sort of a new wave band that were from the 80s. And, uh, there's something a little bit prog rocky to me about them. And particularly the lead singer is this guy named David Sylvian who went on to have a solo career. And he makes like cerebral music in the way that, you know, prog rock is. But he comes from like an art rock sort of like not like David Bowie n- new wave sort of thing. And I'm wondering what you guys think of the relationship between art rock um, and uh, new wave and prog rock on, on the level of the mind, like on the level of like how it's supposed to appeal to your intellectual uh, capacity. Like, do, what do you, th- like, do you think that there are elements of in David Bowie that's prog rocky? Absolutely. Like what in particular? Please. Um, the Berlin albums. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> I mean, he's not the earlier stuff. prime example of prog rock, but uh, like he'll use um, his love of concept know, albums a is a prog rock. Oh, he's that... a lot of instruments. Yeah. Oh, that, I'm sorry. Well, what was that, Andre? Oh, because he, he does concept albums. Well, that's the, the German thing. In... That you, was the German term again, Eric? Gesamtkunstwerk. Yeah, that's David Bowie's thing. But that's uh, yeah, that's, that's a prog rock invention, right? The concept album. Was well, that a yeah, is, a, is the concept of a prog rock invention? I don't think it was invented by them. Um, they certainly perfected it. I mean, you could think of an opera as a, a concept right, album. Right, right. But it's but that was written before albums. So the concept album is also like... It's not, because an opera is also a show. It's yeah. like, it's it doesn't fit the mold of a concept album necessarily. Because those came after pop music. I think generally when people say that they're, that the first rock and roll act to do a concept album was Sgt. Pepper, right? Right. right. Shane, am I uh, completely off base here? You're the uh, yeah, expert. Sure. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Yeah. 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 I, I think that's a that's the first example. There has to be something before then, though, right? That people have to come up with the idea of concept albums no. before Sgt. Pepper. Really? Really. Well, look at the Beatles. Well, In less than 10 years, they went from singing. Huh? Sorry, what? Oh, the music was more singles oriented, you know, right. like just having right. the hits out there. And then oh, yeah, with the Beatles limited and by Bob recording Dylan, like the album as a whole thing, you know, became. Because yeah. that was the. F- oh, sorry. Again. We're all like, we're all pausing <laughs> at the same time and talking at the same time. 
technology was anyway, one I'm of the, the reasons that uh, right. yeah, that music that got more ambitious in the late 60s because, uh, I mean, I believe anyway, that uh, there were all these things that didn't exist in the past. That you know, people had access to things like tape loops and synthesizers mm-hmm. and sequencers. Multi-tracking. Right. You know, they had uh, more ambitious uh, studio spaces because the producers... Uh, got more ambitious because there was more money involved because these people were making bigger, uh, you know. Well, that was their first out. Like they quit touring. That was their first album after they were like, we're not touring anymore. Sergeant Pepper. Yeah. We're just making stuff in the studio. We're not going on tour ever again. And once you build a big studio because some, you know, drugged out weirdo had a really ambitious Brian Wilson style, crazy idea then you've still got that gigantic studio and then now you have to like what are you going to do are you going to just tear it down no you you bring in the next guy and that now they have this enormous uh apparatus that Brian Wilson or uh you know uh, oh, George yeah. Martin or whoever put together and George Martin George R R Martin George No Martin? George Martin's the uh, producer of the Beatles Oh thank you I didn't know that <laughs> Right. Sorry, I was, I was George like, Mark. George R. R. Martin, oh, yeah. if he invented prog rock, that explains so much. <laughs> I yeah, he's knighted. He's been knighted. Knighted. Yeah. He's a silly English knigget. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, if you have the, you know, an infinite amount of toys, then you're going to be like, well, you know, maybe I will try to do a song that's 25 minutes long and right. has uh, 16 different sections and it uses a thousand different uh, instrumental parts. And, you know, Well, well yeah, I'm, it's like Kanye yeah. do, trying to do a concept album from in hip hop, you know? I mean, I guess most of the albums are kind of concept albums, but particularly my, my Beautiful Darkness and Fantasy where it's like, hey, he has all of the toys, you know, at his... Mm-hmm. At his uh, disposal why not use them to tell a story that makes sense well the other other thing i uh there's an essay i just read because i had my painting students read it because they needed extra credit to pass the class (laughs) and um because they're dumb and lazy yeah like wait (laughs) like painters or or rock musicians (laughs) what's the analogy um what do you mean or so the so the well because actually the essay is about painting and rock music trying to deal with the end of modernism and digital digitization uh Jorg Heiser All right um you get what you pay for here. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> well, he's a he's a art theorist. Yeah. And um so he talks about yeah, it's this like whole essay and he talks about Rush and uh Roxy music and exploding oh, yeah. plastic inevitable and all that. And I was thinking about that because listening to these, you know, epic songs and albums. And there's a part in there and I uh, don't remember the exact quote, but he talks about one of the, so these, so it's like, what are the strategies painting went through and what are the strategies rock went through to sort of like maintain their relevance or something as culture and society was changing. And they're saying that like, one of the things is, is the concept album. And then the sort of belief that, if you tell a story rather over a single song, uh, rather than that, you tell it over the course of an album. There's also this assumption that that's somehow more epic. Right. Um, like, so I think there's the, also that too, where you're, they're kind of responding to, 
uh, cultural stuff outside of music or outside of just painting. But that's but, a like, modernist thing. Like the assumption is that if it takes longer, it must be more meaningful. And I don't think mm-hmm. that's necessarily true. And they also seem to not be interested in uh, editing themselves in any way. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, the the Rush song not true in is subtitled uh, An Exercise in Self-Indulgence. Oh, yeah. Which is pretty <laughs> hilarious. What I like, what I liked about these though is like actually I was you know I time moves differently. I was thinking about that that because um, that's always brought up. Oh well, this is like a ten minute song or even even a song over three minutes you can't have as a pop song. Wait, and who subtitles about, a song? I'm sorry, artists. it just occurred to me how ridiculous <laughs> that is to subtitle a song. Okay, I'm sorry. Go Classical on. Classical music. <laughs> it, it, it was a suite of songs. Probably. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No. That's the progress rockest thing I've ever heard in my life. No, you're right. This is our poetry. No, you're right. It's stupid. I'm sorry. You're right. I should be. It just. It's. I don't understand how they're dealing with modernism if they're just perpetuating it. Well, this is one. Well, no. That's the thing is because modernism's ending and they're saying. We like it. Yeah. So. So we're gonna keep going. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I think I think because I was listening to this, I'm like. Think about how attention spans keep getting shorter and shorter and then, you know, like making up fake facts like scientists say in five years, uh, it'll be infeasible to have a pop song longer than one minute because Which of is not attention. even true. No, but attention spans are really <laughs> fucked up. I understand and that, but I think that's just because we're dealing with a complicated, uh, technologically, ter- we're in a state of turmoil right now yeah. that we have to figure out and then once we figure it out well things will go back to normal maybe uh, i don't know I, no things never that's the first rule of <laughs> yeah right like things don't go back never, to normal. so what i like about <laughs> these songs so be, and i think even at i mean even at the time this you these none of these were radio friendly right like right um that it that it, it makes you slow down and there's something that i think increasingly is more urgent in today to like slow down and actually like focus on one thing because everything's like competing for attention and stuff like that. So like, what if you really did just sit down and put on echoes and listen to a whole side of an album and really let it build over time? Like, I mean, I actually, I think that's like a good thing. And I, I know that makes sense to me. And like I, even yeah. now, Andre's like, well, that's a minute 20. In. And I was like, it didn't feel like a minute. Like I was really like waiting for it to build to this crescendo. I like it. Well, I think there's also, I mean, well, but then think about podcasts. Not to get all mad. No. Yeah, we definitely don't edit ourselves. Is that like, um, no, but podcasts, people listen to podcasts all the time that are like two and a half hours long. Yeah, but they're working and doing shit. Wait, yeah. so, wait, but you can work and do shit while listening to Prog Rock. You're not supposed to. Oh, whatever. I don't care about what You're I'm supposed to. You're supposed to sit on your couch. Getty Lee doesn't get to tell me what I'm supposed to do. And a beer. <laughs> and you, you've and got. <laughs> Right, and maybe you have a big that's what that's over. what they're called in the lingo, right, Shane? And you got your big like <laughs> tower speakers, and your you know your uh, stereo receiver, and it's all very expensive. I mean, it's music. For... An artist doesn't get to tell me like how I'm supposed to live my life, you know? Yeah, well, a viewer doesn't tell me how to look at my art. I will tell you how to listen. I will tell you how to <laughs> suck a dick. Like that's what I have to say to Getty Lee if he's going to tell me what to do. And that is that. They definitely ask a lot of the listener, the, 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 the <laughs> prog rock album. Wait, what did you say? Andre, I'm sorry. It's because he made a blowjob joke. <laughs> I, I listened to this stuff when I was a kid because we had classic Southern rock radio. And Southern rock radio typically is uh, Marshall Tucker Band, mm-hmm. Charlie Daniels, uh, you know, Fog Hat. Shit like that. And then also tons of prog rock. That's so weird. You know, it's so, so like weird. Lots of Rush and Yes 
and yeah. you know, like Sticks. You know, is Sticks a prog rock band? Shane. Yeah, I would. Um, you could say they're a prog rock band, but they're more on the pop side. I mean, they. Yeah. They're, they're trying to get their stuff on the radio. Yes, yeah. just want like they had some stuff on the radio because. You know, in the late 60s, early 70s, there was this movement to allow longer stuff on the radio. Like, Stairway to Heaven's eight minutes long. Right. You know, it was played all the time on the radio. Um, but, the like, yes, just want the deep end. Like, they're, like, roundabout, or not roundabout, the Heart of the Sunrise is on an album that's, like, their most um, palatable. And then they just started making these albums that had, like, four songs, like a double album with, like, one song on each side. Mm-hmm. And each song is a, a suite. Like, it means it has, like, a bunch of little songs in it. All with stupid names that don't make any sense. So they just, like, completely, like, lost the audience. And Sticks over the years, went more towards, you know, stuff that was... They, I guess they always wanted their stuff to be on the radio. But they were kind of proggy, but, to answer your question in a long way. Not as good. We like... I like hearing that. Which... What do you? Th- why do you think that prog rock is so like white guy heavy? Like, why do? Is it the German thing? Is it the? It's like, a class thing, I think. Really? I, because yeah. these are the people that had access to the tools. You know, oh up, yeah, like some the, poor the toys, kid yeah. in London can get some shitty guitar from a pawn shop, and all of a sudden you got a punk band, right? But in yeah. order to do this kind of stuff, like you can't put together in the seventies. I mean, nowadays anybody can you know get uh, on garage band on their computer and uh put together something that's you know at least as ambitious if not as accomplished as like brain salad surgery but it's also it's also education like they they clearly know music theory and but that's the thing that fucking drives me nuts is this appeal to this like intellectual prowess uh, that you only get if you have, you know, the right equipment to make it. And then, like, also if you have the ability to just sit and listen to a fucking album for four hours. But this is also know. the criticism of the avant-garde in right. contemporary art. Exactly. Which is, you, on the one side, you want people to be, you know, experimenting and, with the yeah, form and totally. trying new stuff. And, and maybe it's pretty uh, intolerable, <laughs> you know, most of the time because it's so self-indulgent. But yeah. if you don't do that stuff, then you never get to the next thing. And yeah, it's a it's a pr- it's a process that leads to an end. Like Not a progression. Without pro- <laughs> uh, without prog rock, you know, you don't have any of the um, like electronic music from the late '80s and early '90s that does a lot of the stuff that prog rock does. But you know, does it has a drum machine, so you can dance mm. to it. I thought. Well, I think. There are a lot of, like, at least that schizoid, I could totally, like, air guitar to that. Yeah, uh, that one rocks. I could almost dance to, like, all of these songs. But why, is, is that, like, what makes music good? No, no, I was just thinking about that as, like, a rhythm thing. Like, why, like, why is it that I can almost dance to it? Like, what's happening time signature-wise, what's happening rhythm-wise that I'm, like, didn't, I can, uh, what? Like, didn't you know? this music also seem really fertile, though? Like, because I was listening to these songs. Fucking. And, and it, <laughs> Huh? Sexy. <laughs> yeah. No. Like. Like. It. They seem like so full of stuff that I've heard subsequently. Yeah. Like no. that. Other people were like. So even if you're like, oh, this is too much or intolerable, but like clearly people were like, we're influenced by. It. There's is- so much. And shit going on here that we we need to explore. That's it. what I'm we getting to... from from Andres talking about the how it's relevant to the criticism of the avant garde, where it's a process that leads to other things. And it also often incorporated previous pieces of music, like for mm-hmm. example that Rush song samples. Oh yeah, that the song. Dave Brubeck. Uh, the it doesn't sample it, but it, it references a, a number of different songs. 
Yeah, I I played a, a couple of clips for you, uh, including that song "Powerhouse," which is used in a lot of Warner Brothers cartoons. Yeah, and that gets quoted. Yeah, that's exactly oh, yeah. the one, exactly. And, and that is in uh, La Villa Strangiato. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, that was there was a lot of stuff happening like reference wise that was appealing to like the. Uh, I don't know, like theater or media historian in me, but like that's not enough for well, me. But was so Rock Rock ever like? I I mean, like you were saying, like it was a a rarity to have like stairway on the the radio, and that you know yes went off in this direction where they lost their audience. So I don't. I mean, I also don't understand criticizing prog rock for its elitism or whatever because I don't think it ever had like a stranglehold on the music industry, and there were all these like poor musicians that were like we just want to play three minute songs with like <laughs> with like a hook and a chorus yeah. and that and that they're like no you have must write a 25 minute like i'm not i'm not criticizing it per se i'm just saying why i don't really like it mm. you know that's i'm not that's like not an argument against his existence so what do you think did, did uh shane succeed in convincing you to enjoy some i kind of want to listen to some more rush yeah and i feel really embarrassed about rush. It. i'm like i really like that rush song i did uh, I mean, there were parts of it that were like well, that were um, upsetting, but like, it's so weird to walk out of this and like Rush is the band that I'm like interested in the most. Like, what the Ayn Rand band? That's, that's oh a good name. man, that's a, that's <laughs> like Rand the Lieutenant Dan band. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my God, Gary Sinise would totally start an Ayn Rand band yeah. if it wouldn't like further nail his career in the coffin. But yeah. Um, so so Shane, you were saying you don't really listen much to Prague anymore because you kind of had the. You, you listen, listen to, to every song. A or lot of still... blues now, right? Well, yeah, I like, um, I guess, uh, folk and blues stuff. I like old stuff. I like soul. I guess things that are a little more um, down to earth. I like more, and I, I like I like pop a lot. Like um, I'd say, like ELO. You can call them a prog mm. rock band, but they're but they're yeah. super poppy. Yeah, they're super poppy, but they have like this. Um, like the, the arrangements, the strings and stuff, it brings to mind prog rock. Yeah. I like ELO a lot too. I think there's just something about their music that just makes me smile. You know, it's just yeah. like, it's so much energy and ebullience. For those it's of you at home, that, that's short for the Electric Light Orchestra. Yeah. Wait, Shane, right. what were you going to say? <laughs> Shane, what were you going to say? Oh, I didn't have anything to say. Okay. At that very moment. <laughs> Let's talk about Frankenstein then. All right. All right. We'll play a little bit of Frankenstein. Yeah. This is the David uh, Winter. Edgar Winter. Edgar Winter. Gets right into it. For the what? record, I did not listen to this when I was writing my monologue. This that, is not part of it. That was only 20 seconds, and man, that was a lot in 20 seconds. Mm-hmm. So it's that... like that talk show music, you know, <laughs> the band, you know, on the side of the stage. By virtue of... Johnny Carson's going to come out. By virtue of that much getting done in 20 seconds, does that make it less prog rocky? Well, it's a, it's a rock instrumental yeah, I is, think it's just a rock song. Which is, but a rock instrumental is kind of a prog thing to do, because like, what does it even mean to do rock and roll song and not have somebody sing? What well, do you they mean? also will never play the. So first, I would rock say the music makes you dance. 
Yeah, but then, but usually, like, I want to dance and I want to rock. <laughs> want to rock tonight? Dance, we're going to rock you tonight. We're going to rock. Dance, 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 dance. Um, but why do why do prog rock songs often have long stretches of instrumentals or even parts mm-hmm. where there isn't an instrument and it's just weird noises? Like, why? But you, did you listen to the entire song Frankenstein? <laughs> Maybe the weird yeah. noises is because so that they can take a break because it's hard. Because you're well, you're you're <laughs> built. You're you're raising the the emotions and you've, you've got to have hills and valleys. Yeah. It has to be part of the dynamism of it. Is it not, it's not entirely music in scare quotes. Like it's not music in the, um, like you're not part of what makes it total art. German word. Say again. Gesamtkunstwerk. Thank you. Part of what makes it that is by virtue of the fact that it's not all like instruments, like traditional instruments that you hear all the time. It's, it's the, it's the everything. Well, the, the thing with, Frankenstein and everyone knows that oh, yeah. riff, mm-hmm. um, which I would say, I mean, that seems pretty in keeping with some of the, the riffs we heard on the other songs when they were really rocking out. Yeah. But it also has this huge, it, it's like everyone only knows that part. They play that second, but it's a long song and it turns into. How long is it? This uh, version is four minutes, 43. It's like a long rock song. Yeah, but okay. there's a whole segment that's like just fucking around on a Moog synthesizer and it's like turns yeah. mm-hmm. like like it, it goes that's fair and like it goes this whole other direction and that's like why it's called Frankenstein right because they're putting together rock music and electronic music I see but, and um, but I don't know that you can call that song prog rock and not call like the ventures prog rock because they're also doing rock and roll instrumentals and, and being kind of ambitious in their instrumentation but ambition doesn't necessarily mean prog rock but, okay. but what about what about the live because i was reading a little bit about it especially after i got this email that was just two words uh or no which was... add up to six that's like andre says that's not prog rock <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sorry uh, if that sounded mean <laughs> and i was like, like snapped it well i didn't, I didn't mean to. um and but then I was reading up on it, and they're also like you you know you're talking about the theatricality, and uh, apparently Edgar Winter, uh, one of well, I guess why is everything in rock like it's always like they were the first person to do a concert because or, it's a conquest because that's he, what that's what dude rock is. It's but like anyway, a conquest. So he's but he he uh, uh, slung the keyboard over his shoulder like a guitar, and he would like go out and like jam on the keyboard like it was a guitar. And they also talked about how there was like. I don't know if there was no set instrumentation of that song or that the album version isn't actually the full song because when they'd perform it live, there'd be these huge improvisational jam riff parts. And I was like, well, that's got it. That's totally progressive. Oh, so or just jazz. Is it, is it yeah. safe to say that maybe it's a rock instrumental with proggy elements? Shane, what do you think? Yeah. Well, you know what? I think the, the, deci- the decisions were made by uh, Wikipedia. I got Wikipedia open right now. <laughs> On Frankenstein, and it says it's instrumental rock, hard rock, progressive rock, and funk rock. So, it must be prog rock. Right. All right. Right. All right. If someone calls it prog no, rock, I mean, then that means makes it prog rock. But it was so not just anyone called it that. Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And yeah. we know that Wikipedia at least is a, is an authority. I'll check on, all music. Let me see what all like, music uh, has to say. Obscure rock stuff. Like they'll they'll they. You, like Wikipedia is not good for everything, but one of the things it is good for is like the banal minutia of the history of popular music. Yeah, the, yeah but all music is usually better for that oh. than Wikipedia. I, I think find. the Wikipedia page yeah, for good. Billy Corgan is longer than it the Wikipedia page for Churchill. 
Yeah, that, no, that's that's exactly <laughs> oh my, my point. That you can trust what it has to say about Billy Corgan, but if you're writing a paper on Winston Churchill, yeah, you can trust what like you know. Don't go to Wikipedia because people on Wikipedia they're like, ugh. I, have, I, I why am I editing? Why am I adding facts to this Winston Churchill page when I could be talking about the instrumentation on Gish? I have, I have edited <laughs> um, two Wikipedia pages in my life. Wow. One of which was I got. I was just drunk with my friend Luke at Grinnell and we edited the Alex Trebek page and then I got an email from Wikipedia telling me that I was committing libel <laughs> or not libel, <laughs> not libel. What's the, is it libel? Slander. S- slander? I guess, it, no, I think it is libel. No, it's it's written. libel. Yeah. I'm... And they told me I was committing libel and that like to check myself. And then the other time I edited. Uh, we we bit... suggest you checketh yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Before you wrecketh thyself. thyself. <laughs> um, St. Augustine. <laughs> the other page I edited was a Cocteau Twins page for being wrong about like, I don't even remember what it was. It was like some stupid, inconsequential thing. But I was like, that's not right. Exactly. I have to change this. Yeah, no. So I can't really make fun of Wikipedia. Cause no, that's why <laughs> That's why I can go. That's why I won't go there to look up historical figures. But I'll go there to like figure out who the Cocteau twins <laughs> are or were. <laughs> wait. Oh, wait. Okay. Here's what all music says. One of the biggest instrumental hits of the early 70s, Frankenstein fused progressive rock and roll with what was to become heavy metal with some wonderfully funky touches. Wonderfully funky touches is a very yep. erotic phrase. <laughs> <laughs> so they're, they're our saying... Last me- our last lovemaking session featured some wonderfully <laughs> funky, funky touch. touches. Yes. So Frankenstein is, according to all music, like just necessarily a fusion of, of things, hence the name yeah. Frankenstein. Yeah. <sighs> well, I liked it. I don't know. I thought it's it was a good fun. song. Yeah. I guess I get the other reason why I brought it up because whenever I hear the phrase prog rock, I think of that. I think I just immediately go. But isn't that what we don't expect prog rock to be is something that can be turned into a riff. No, oh, but into... every one of those, every one of those songs we listened to had a guitar going. That's a modernist issue. It's not exclusive to prog rock. It's like it's modernism expects you to um, take a thing in, and you're, you know, to what we're talking about the thing. to take <laughs> to take the thing as it is. If but if it's uh, about a, if prog rock is about the total work of art, then that means you can't distill it. That's into what a I'm riff. saying. But it's I'm saying this isn't a unique thing about prog rock. You can say that about like everything that has to do with and modernism. You can't do that with Frankenstein. Everyone thinks they are, but they miss this huge morphing into. A like Wendy Carlos uh, Moog synthesizer switched on Bach moment. I think that yeah. there's prog rock stuff that's uh, sort of postmodernist in that it's it's about uh, collecting influences mm-hmm. and uh, cataloging, you know, you know, synthesizing a uh, new music that's uh, about how complicated the world of music is. And then there's some prog rock that just seems to be about dicking around. Where you know they aren't interested in uh, censoring themselves or editing themselves, and every instinct that they have is correct. And you know, if I, I if I want to do uh, you know a six minute solo on the synthesizer uh, that bleeds into a, a sequence of just rain noises, then you know th- then that's my right as a musician, and you can listen to it or you don't. But you, yeah, don't, you know, I'm going to make my thing. But uh, those things seem different from each other it seems mm-hmm. weird to call both of those things prog rock because one of them is interested in uh you know advancing the project of music as being a collection of influences and the other one is like no 
I, I want to find what this music is in itself, right? right. Well, that's the make, modernist versus the postmodernist. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's no. a, oh, once again the dichotomy. Why is that? No, that sounds like an artist in their studio. You don't think like Picasso was like, how can every fucked up face I draw <laughs> further? What I'm doing, he's like, I want to draw. He's like, I'm tired. Of, he was always fucking around in the studio. What do you That's think? What artists do, Shane, about the yeah. fucking around versus the composition in prog rock? Because it seems that it's necessarily like some of the more successful pieces have both, especially in live performance. Oh, well, yeah. I think they fuck around, and that's how they write the songs. But then they stick to this um, thing that they it's like rubric, yeah. Uh, because they they have to reproduce it all the time, and they have to have several musicians like these. Bands like Yes and King Crimson, they all have to play together. Yeah. For long songs, so it seems like a lot of work. So they're not, I mean, they're fucking around because there's not necessarily great melodies going on. Like these sections that are so intricate aren't necessarily that great to listen to. Mm -hmm. But they're, so maybe the the composition was fucking around, but then they have to, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. So there's, there's yeah, a lot of work. And these guys something. worked really hard. Yeah. Yeah. Probably why they're still like able to tour is because they didn't do drugs as much as other types of musicians. I thought I was. Th what do you think the prog rock drug is? Cocaine. What do you think is no, the, the drug say, of prog? I think it's no drug. I think like um, straight edge <laughs> is like prog rock. They don't have sex. They don't. Which is why straight drink. edge punk is sometimes like intolerable because well, it's why like that's your that one anger. thing <laughs> yeah being you have angry. one job <laughs> yeah not all of it though I like so wait they were i didn't i mean i don't think of prog rockers as being druggies but i did think they might have had kids or something wait why you thinking they live monastically oh yeah. no i'm kidding i mean i'm sure they had sex lives yeah I'm sure they're just <laughs> prog like, rockers you know, they're just like us but yeah they're not yeah, it seemed like it seems like in other rock stories the the tragedy is like drug overdose or whatever, but in prog rock all the bands break up because of creative differences like Peter Gabriel or something leaving <laughs> Genesis guys... or Pink Floyd right, splitting ki up, kicking or... out the guy who started Pink Floyd. Like, yeah, yeah, because he was well, he couldn't handle it anymore, and that probably stopped him. I mean, I don't think from what I've read or heard, uh, Pink Floyd they smoked grass but they didn't really party hard they didn't do heavy drugs yeah. they weren't drunks uh yes um one funny story is they, they they got this keyboard player rick wakeman who uh like he fit in musically with the band but he was a meat eater and a drinker and the rest of the band was all vegetarian and oh really nobody drank in the band besides uh, rick wakeman so he, he didn't stay very long with the group yeah. he stayed for a couple of years yeah, that was friction. Yeah. And Rush, I mean, Christ. You don't picture these guys drinking. Like, there's, there's oh, my not... God. This is why I thought they would do cocaine. They just seem... Maybe like, this is the Ayn Rand thing. Well, then, then you start Rush playing the drums would not be near. Yeah, they would not nearly be that... <laughs> You're right. That You're right. controlled and laid back. That makes sense. Huh. Music's yeah. the drug, clearly. Yeah, music is the drug. All right. Well, okay. I think if uh, I were, you know... Wrapping up, I want to wrap up right now, so I want everyone to have a chance to like to do their plugs and plug up some stuff, prog yeah. up some stuff. Uh, and Shane, do you have anything that you're interested in promoting on the podcast? Well, um, you know, I work on uh, com commercials for uh, Coles, so if people mm -hmm. just tune in <laughs> yeah. you know, to, to television, you know, like 
major networks and the primetime viewing hours. Watch for the commercials and look for a Coles ad, and, and I might have worked on it. What did you do? Cool. Um, editor, motion graphics. Oh, nice. Yeah. Cool. So pay t- careful attention to how the logo moves. Is that like <laughs> yeah, what you're thinking? Yeah, but I, I cut the whole spot. You know, oh, like, like the money, the, the prices flying around and stuff? Yeah, I do that. Like all the animation and um, oh, nice. You know, looking through all the footage. But anyway, it's not as interesting as prog rock. Oh. Otherwise, I don't have anything else to plug at the moment. All right. Well, Andre, what would you like to plug? Uh, I'd like to tell people not to go to that cafe down the street that we <laughs> talked about in our last episode, because I really don't like the vibe there. And I almost walked in, but it felt like sort of like there was a force field preventing me from entering. And I just feel like I get the creepy vibes from that place. So don't go in there. So what cafe do you recommend? You can't just <laughs> go to bean, go to beans and bagels on Montrose. Oh, I like beans and bagels. Yeah. I like beans and bagels too. You know, this is unplugged. Um, so, I would like to plug. Um, what do I want to plug? I think I want to plug. I'll plug Sunny's Blues again. Oh, um, everybody in New York should go see Ancient Lives at the Kitchen. Yeah, see Ancient Lives at the Kitchen. Uh, it's awesome. It's with uh, a roommate of uh. When, when Andre and I lived in Brooklyn, we lived with Shane McGill and Jess Barbagallo, and Jess Barbagallo will be featured in Ancient Lives. Along with a lot of other great performers. Yes. It's going to be wonderful. Um, so that's uh, I don't, that oh. starts uh, January 7th at the Kitchen in New York. It's going to be great. Yeah. And yeah. I don't have a plug, but I have a story to tell about when I was riding on the bus listening to this music. Yeah. Um, so I'm, you know, so like I listened to it on you know, we were talking about before, like to, to just stop everything and listen to prog rock. That was necessary for me because I was listening to these on YouTube and YouTube assumes you're watching a video, even if it's a picture of the album. So I wasn't able to check my tweets or anything. So I really did just have to sit on the bus and listen to these prog rock songs, but you know, characters come on and off the bus and, you know, between songs, this like kind of like, rough looking dude not necessarily homeless but you know kind of hard life living uh guy came on and you know he's like talking and it was like hard to tell if he was on the phone or what and he was like talking to someone behind me and he was like hey hey and like i was like is he just like hitting on this woman in front of everyone or what's going on <laughs> and he sat down then he called up picked up his phone and he's like hey man whatever and he's like where are you at and he like dropped his phone and was like carrying on the conversation while he was picking it up and everything. And then I realized he, this woman, and then this other guy were kind of all part of a group of these sort of, uh, I don't know, traveling Woolberries of drunkenness in the city. <laughs> and uh, so I think the woman was like an older white woman. And then the, his friend was a Latino guy. And then he was a black guy. And he's like out of nowhere goes, Hey, what up? What about Bill Cosby, y'all? Oh no! And so your your prog rock listening was, interrupt, was, was interrupted, interrupted by someone talking about Bill fucking Cosby. Yeah. So I was like, all right, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna pause between songs, and he's like, he's like, can you believe that shit? He knocked those hoes out cold, oh, and he was like, no. can you believe that? And it was really funny because he was like, he didn't sound like he's someone that supported it, but he also wasn't at all like. It's just like surprised. in awe, sort of. Yeah, and then the woman said something. He's like, he's like, yeah. Why you wait, wait twenty years to talk about that? And he's like, you know, another thing. 
we all know women lie more than men do. And then he, and then, so they got in this huge discussion about oh like God. the anecdotal evidence. And he's like, well, I don't know. I just know in my experience, women lie more than men do. And wow. then I put on a uh, blast from the past by Jethro Tull or whatever. Yeah. Wow. Living in the past. Living in the past. So why don't we, uh, end with, uh, uh yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll close out on with living yeah. in the past by Jethro Tull, inventor of the seed drill. All right, thank you for listening to Noisy Ghosts. Thank you for listening to Noisy Ghosts. Ha, 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 ha.